Hello and welcome this morning to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. My name is Lisa Bird-Burgess and this week I'm delighted to welcome another legend of the game and world-class player, previous captain of Wales, with 67 international caps to her name, none other than Rachel Taylor, known to all her teammates as Tails. Good morning, Tails. I don't know about you, but I'm still wired up and recovering from that fantastic result of Wales versus Australia in the Men's World Cup. Oh, good morning, Bird. I know that was not a good time to have three cups of coffee while watching that game, was it, for the heart rate? <laughs> Definitely not. What a superb result for the boys. Yeah, great game. I don't know how they hung on in the end there, but fair play to them. Fantastic defence, the second half. But um, yeah, what a great win, setting us up now in the pool stages. Anyway, so Tails, delighted to have you with us this morning. Um, and um, just want to chat really about you and just talking about um, when you started playing rugby. So you're five years old when you started playing rugby back in Colwyn Bay. Um, and then you went on to represent Wales, settled so 67 times, 67 times to Wales and captained Wales, also representing the Wales 17s and the Barbarians. Your coaching career has also seen you progress, coaching the under-15 boys team in RGC West. And you're the first female coach for Colwyn Bay's men team. This year, being appointed as the first female Welsh Regional Academy skills coach for RGC in North Wales. That's some coaching record. Um, how easy has it been for you to kind of transition into the role of a coach after playing? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really difficult after playing. You know, you'll, you'll know yourself, Buddy. I think uh, having to sort of embrace retirement isn't isn't easy. I was really lucky I got to retire at the end of a World Cup. Um <laughs> So I kind of knew that that was where I was going to finish playing. Uh, I guess I'd had the sort of decision already, you know, I'd already made that decision to, to work for the Welsh Rugby Union. So I made a, a career change from veterinary nursing to go and be a regional rugby coordinator, which um, you know, I, I did for nearly four years. So I absolutely loved that. And I, I, I didn't want rugby to sort of go out of my life. You know, you give so much time when you're a player to training and playing and, um, I couldn't really imagine where all my time would go w- without having that. So the, the the job decision there was was you know the first me, and then that's just really sort of progressed. And I, I suppose, um, you know, we're fortunate in that role that you, you you do get to do quite a lot of coaching, quite a lot of schools coaching, and and as you mentioned, the sort of the under 15s boys stuff. And I just really enjoyed it. You know, I, I got to do a lot a lot of coaching with the girls at the, the sort of clusters that were, which is new players into the role and you, you get to have a, an experience of sort of um, mixed ability rugby and inclusive rugby so I guess it gives you a sort of a 360 degree view of coaching and I just really enjoyed it and I've been you know really lucky to to work with some really great people over the, the last few years as well so I guess I've seen different slices of coaching which I which I've quite quite enjoyed as well and it's really interesting to see how different coaches take on their their sort of thought process into into rugby. So, yeah, I guess it was probably a natural progression from from that job um, and from playing. But yeah, I mean, it's been relatively comfortable. I guess I always say sort of every day is a school day because I just seem to be constantly learning something every day. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you alluded there to the fact that, you know, for you as well, obviously going from playing into coaching, you made the decision to also transfer your career, which was which is a massive thing. But 
you know that obviously you know displays your passion about coaching and you were you were talking about um how you found it was important and useful for you as a developing coach to um see how other coaches kind of approach the game can you elaborate a little bit more on that what what you take from other coaches and how you kind of develop that into your own coaching skill set yeah i suppose having that opportunity through work and through playing I mean like you'll know from setups like the, the barbarians you, you, you get to see the, the best of of what people can bring and I suppose the the you know the the the, the, the fact that I'm so lucky to have had barbarians experience I'll see sort of coaches from an age grade I've seen coaches from a national perspective and I've seen them in a club game and I guess it's that kind of marrying of yeah. all those you know that, that those ideas and how people approach that dependent on their team and their drive and, and their ambitions for that side. And that, that kind of stuff has been a real eye opener for me. And I suppose in the last, you know, since taking this new role, I've, I've, I've had the luxury, I suppose, of seeing what it's like with the RGC yeah. senior team as well. So that kind of that premiership fusion of, of where it goes right. and, and how that links in with an academy setup. And it's just, you know, like I love sort of learning from other people and seeing how other people do it and it, that side of things is quite fascinating to me sort of the the psychology and, and the um philosophy side of coaching I find really interesting to see what inspires other coaches and how that brings the best out of different players absolutely and and for any young aspiring coaches listening you know that's critical to the game and also linked in with that um, not only developing your own coaching skills to see what works and what doesn't and trying out things you also develop that team culture um, and within the academy, obviously, that's a big part of that. And I know when you worked with the Barbarians as a player and later on to coach the Barbarians, which we'll talk about later on in this um, podcast, um, that culture is, is massive within the game. How, how, do you find, how do you find developing a culture within like your, the academy setup you have at the moment? Yeah, it's, I think it's really um, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Like, you know, I always think culture is a funny one because I see a lot of coaches trying to influence that quite heavily now and, and the, the culture of a side being really important but I don't know whether it's just because I've come from playing so recently into coaching that for me I think a lot of that culture needs needs to be, be led by the players I think um, it's quite hard Absolutely. if you try and, yeah. for me you can't impose a culture the culture has to sort of organically develop itself um, from the the environment that you create and I think I think that's probably the the, the more interesting thing I've, I find as well in that side of coaching, how that can develop. And I don't think it can be, it can't be forced. It can't be, it can't be put on players. I think it's very much has to be naturally developed and different, you know, different yeah. sides and of I different think coaches just... have that role as well. And I think you just hit the nail on the head then when you said, you know, it's got to be come from that environment that's created and, and from within. And, and, you know, it has to be player driven as well as, you know, coach input. But 100 percent agree with you that creating that environment. And then which leads me on to kind of my next question to you, which is what are you passionate uh, about changing about your own coaching and coaching women's rugby as well? Um, I think it's hard. I think like not that. I think I'm in a place to sort of change my, my coaching at the moment. I'm still really raw and still really learning what my coaching style is. I, yeah. you know, when you do, you do a lot of the courses and you do a lot of the, the sort of the educational packages around coaching and, and it says like, what is your philosophy or how do you approach a game? And I think like, for me, that's constantly evolving. I don't think you can, don't think you yeah. can be one thing and sort of set, 
set your stall out and be that for everything. I think it has to develop and constantly change. Like like you said, different environments bring different challenges and different players you work with will, mm-hmm. will, will give you different opportunities. Uh, I, I, I love having the mix, I guess, I've got at the moment between sort of elite kind of academy players in that really sort of professional environment, mixing that in with community rugby, uh, you know, division two level. And then, you know, if you marry that with a bit of what I've done with sort of age grade or, or, you know, the, the women's it's, I guess I'm trying to get the best out of everything I see, but it's not always something you can just like, I don't think you can take a lot from the men's game and try and force it into the women's game. I don't think you can take what's done in the women's game and force yeah. it into the men's. I think, you know, I know it's rugby, but they are two quite different games um, and they are played differently. And I think. And it's interesting you say, yeah, and it's, sorry to interrupt you, but it's interesting that you say that because quite often people think, you know, or certainly people I've spoken to think that the women's route, you know, maybe a few years ago should, should follow the men's. But now the conversations are starting. Well, no, 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 we don't have to follow that route. Um, you know, evolving the skills. Yes, you can see that way. But actually, the way competitions are played, when they're played, it doesn't have to follow the men's. No, program. and I think like, you know, um, you see sort of what, like, take that Wales Australia game, you know, the, some of the physicality that that the players have, you know, and that kind of, um, <clears throat> if you, you know, you take like this almost sort of Jamie Roberts of old Wales, if you like, that kind of massive crash ball centre, you know, like the, the women's section don't always have, or, the, or like women's rugby doesn't always have, doesn't necessarily have to copy that style of play. You know, if, if it's, doesn't have to mirror, um, what their national men's side does, you know, if that doesn't suit the players they have in their female side. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm seeing like girls coming through now from 13s, 15s, 18s, age grade rugby with a totally different skill set. Um, you know, they're, they're probably, <laughs> probably won't be very popular to say it, but they tend to be better, better athletes. They've got better ball skills. They're, they're, they're more elusive runners, um, the more evasive runners. And I think that's probably where you need to start developing yeah. that game. And, it's hard because you want to you want to develop the, the skills you've got at a senior level now, but you need to make that accessible for the players that are coming through. Um, you know, if they're going to bring a different skill set at 13s, 15s, then, then what you're offering at your senior level needs to be adaptable and almost lend itself better to those coming through than maybe the existing players you've got. You know, moving on from that, you said in 2018, well, last year, you appointed the first female coach of the WR League side, Colwyn Bay, um, and they'd just been relegated to Division 2. Your appointment was was kind of historical anyway, being the first female coach, but also you ended a 137-year history um, of males leading the coaching setup. What challenges did you face as a coach um, doing that, and, and how did you overcome them? Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds crazy, doesn't it, when you say it's that long? Um it, re- it really shouldn't have been that long. Yeah. Um, 100, 137 God. years, my God. Uh, well done, you. Um, I think I'm really lucky with Colwyn Bay. It's, it's, as you mentioned, it's where I started playing rugby when I was when I was younger. And um, my dad has been there for years and I've grown up with that rugby club as part of my life. Um, so for me to walk in there as a as a coach would be, you know, no different than me going there any other day. I know that might sound a bit daft, but that is the nature of the environment at that club. Um, I know a lot of, I knew a lot of the players anyway. Um, 
I actually babysat for the coat for the captain, yeah. which is a real shocker when you realise how old you're getting. That was a bit of a great story Yeah, you know, like it, it is a family club and it, oh. it is a community club. And I, I guess probably the, you still sort of get that kind of stereotypical, oh, wow, you know, you're, you're a female coach. That's great. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> That's that's what's happening. Times are changing. Um, yeah. And you're a, and you're a coach first and foremost, isn't it? You know, you're a coach. You've proved. You know, you're proving yourself. Proved yourself, and you, you've been appointed into that historical role. So you know, I think it's fantastic. And the way that what's really good about Colwyn Bay, and certainly what's emanating from yeah. that, is how supportive it is as a club. They've seen the qualities you bring. They they believed in you, and they're backing you up. Yeah, it's it, fantastic it? to see. It's a great group of players. Go on, expand on what you're saying. You know, I can't fault them. I mean, I think there's challenges that face community rugby every day now. And, and, you know, the increase in demand on people's time is, you know, it's apparent at every club. And I think what, what, what's key is that people enjoy their rugby at that level. And I think um, that's, that's probably the the bigger focus. You know, you talked a bit about culture before, but um, it's important to understand what your players want out of that time that they give. You know, a lot of those guys will give, you know, an evening a week and a couple of gym sessions or a fitness session or, you know, whatever they do in their own time and their whole Saturday's gone as well. And, you know, if they've, if they're working or they've got young families, it's, it, it is difficult to get that sort of consistency with players. And I think, you know, where rugby clubs have maybe previously tried to always achieve results and we're very sort of table focused, I think times are changing to make more community rugby clubs yeah. grow as in, you know, that player might might not play every week, but maybe they come and support, maybe they bring their kids, maybe they're a family member. Um, and it's that it's that that seems to be a bit more important to those yeah. clubs. And I find that really like useful to me, um, to sort of learn what learn what your players want, learn what your club wants. I think that's quite important as a coach to see that sort of bigger picture. Um it's not, you know, like it's not just about taking them and trying to win something, you know, it's it's much more than that. It's about developing them as a person and understanding how they tick. And I think that's that's a really good a little nugget there for aspiring coaches is, you know, it is so important to understand and get to know your players. And I think that's a really useful bit of advice there. Um, and with regard to that, what, what have you actually learned from coaching males? As You know, you've, you've worked across the whole range of rugby for community rugby, coaching women, coaching boys, coaching men. You know, how, how, what have you learned from coaching males? Um, I think probably where... And like this might, you know, this is probably a, an area of discussion in itself, to be honest, or a topic for debate. But I think yeah. where I've probably had the most difference um, of, of level of understanding or, or uh, input in something I want, I, I want to try and get the team to do, that's probably where I've seen the biggest differences between male and female. I think in a male environment, you could maybe ask for something so uh, you know give a give a set play mm. or set a scenario or or whatever that be and it, it sort of gets done um in the women's game there's you might ask for the same scenario right. and there's a question on why um or 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 what we've got to do so right. there's a bit more okay. of a discussion pre-hand and I think if like it's difficult you want somewhere in the middle I think for me the, the male players and I don't know if it's potentially and this is like this is just me seeing a snapshot at senior rugby now you know 
this is just my experience I can't, can't speak Absolutely. on behalf of others but yeah of course maybe there's an element that they've been for me overcoached to a certain degree so they'll go through with something without understanding why they're doing it um or or the impact what what they'll right. do will then create in the next phase for example whereas I think with the women's because perhaps there's a, a younger rugby age if you like or if they're not as new to the game they, they don't understand what the purpose of what they were doing is to find out so it's like if you could get that level of intuition from the women's game mix that into the men's you know that I think that would be great but yeah. equally you know is sometimes the just level of discussion just needs to needs to be done <laughs> um, you know if you need something to be done it needs to get done it's interesting you say that because lots of the coaches I've spoken to that's one of the things they say you know women do challenge a lot more than the men rather than just getting it done but um you know you can couple that with yeah, yeah. and I, for me that's it, it's a rugby age yeah. you know so a lot of the senior women's players we have now will have started the game at 15, 16, 17 whereas maybe in the male you know they'll be under sixes under sevens under eights so they're there's probably a you know a decade of rugby experience that they'll have over over their sort of um female sort of opposition but i i think it's the level of coaching they have and that, i think that that's the biggest difference for me i think if if you're only coached to do something and you don't know why i think it makes it really difficult for you to understand what you're doing when you're playing the game 100 percent. whereas i think maybe on the flip side of the women's you know there's to, in order for them to be fast tracked or to catch up with a level of rugby, that there has to be those debates because you're you're getting game understanding from your training. So you, it's a bit of a marry of the both. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it is interesting. I mean, I could probably do a podcast separately on what I've learned from the men's game. But that would, <laughs> it would be suited to be aired. <laughs> um, oh, well, that's that's definitely one for the future. But I think you're right, Tails. I think you're right. It's that, it is that game understanding. And I think what we're seeing now, certainly with the young players, you know, where I coach at the Gloucester Hartbury, you know, those young players that are coming through, those 16, 17, 18-year-olds, their game understanding is definitely growing and improving. And I think it's that level level of coaching that they're now exposed and experiencing that, that allows that to happen. So there's definitely a change and evolution there coming through that I've seen, you know. Um, and are there t- any tips, you know, we talked a lot about you developing as a coach and, and what kind of helped you. But are there any tips you could um, offer any young and aspiring coaches that are listening to this podcast about how, how they could develop themselves? I think, you know, sort of hit the nail on the head earlier, really, with with influencing yourself with other people, sort of just going to see other people coaching sessions. I know like up here we with with RGC, they have lots of open coping uh, open coaching sessions for for people to come to and to sort of get ideas and understand where that coach wants to do and then sort of take those ideas and try them yourself so you can see the see what works for you what doesn't work for you I think sort of embracing the fact that rugby is constantly changing so you as a coach will constantly need to change I think is really important as well but and I and I think I've heard you say your little mantra a couple of times, you know, I said, you know, you and I've exchanged that as well, that every day is a school day because it is a learning day when you're coaching in the, yeah, in the environment. I think there's um, some really, definitely. really experienced coaches out there, you know, that have been coaching for a lot longer than I have. And I think if, if you can ever sort of just learn little nuggets off them or like, you know, like just their ways or, or how they're changing, you know, like some of the more experienced coaches I know, 
I find it really interesting that, that they're having to constantly evolve and how they mar- how they sort of um how they deal with that in a club environment you know I think that's really interesting as well I, I think if you can almost take yourself out of your little bubble and just see how other people do it it helps create you know opportunities and ways for you to adapt as well yeah and not you know being open to those um new experiences as well and, and not being afraid of trying things that that's one of the big things as well talking to other coaches go away and see if it works and that comes back down to knowing your players Will yeah that work definitely and I think you know it, it's a bit like sort of player ownership is the same as it is coaching ownership you know if you get something wrong uh, you know if you can as long as you can stick your hand up and say that, that, my bad you know like that's that's my fault it's, wanted to try something different and yeah. that's cool we'll move on to something else um I think it is really important because you you know you don't know you know unless like you said you know if you're dropping into an environment where you don't know the players it is quite hard to influence something you know you, you are going to struggle but um if you can be I guess open and adaptable yeah. they're probably the biggest things I've I've definitely sort of had results from anyway yeah, and that, that's really good little pieces of advice there for any young and aspiring coaches listening to this. Um, and with regards to yourself, you're definitely riding the crest of a wave at the moment uh, with regards to your coaching. Um, this November, you're joining forces with Jo Yap. Um, Jo's an England under-20 coach. Um, she's she's d- done incredibly well um, to coach the Barbarians women team against Wales um, on November the 29th in the Principality Stadium. And the week before that, you and I are going to are really excited, I know, to be coaching the Crawshays um, in all game um, another Welsh invitational side um, again against Wales so my question to you is <clears throat> how do you approach these fixtures as a coach playing 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 against your country not once but twice in two <laughs> yeah, weeks it's, uh, it's a bit surreal every time everyone sort of mentions it I'm like yeah he playing against I'm like <clears throat> Wales <laughs> um, so it's it's a bit odd like you said to, me, <laughs> to, to be fortunate enough to represent your country uh, and obviously to captain it and then to go against them and probably, you know, what will be, you know, the, probably the two highest profile roles I'll, I'll have ever had in my coaching experience, obviously first with the Crochets, secondly with the Barbarians, you know, to, for them both to be against Wales is a bit, a bit odd. Um, but it's a, it's a massive, you know, honour and privilege, I guess, you know, you mentioned the Crochets stuff. I think um, it, it's the start of something what, what I actually believe could be a massive um, part of the women's game in Wales moving forward is that is that Crochet's offering. And I think, you know, fingers crossed, not, not to put too much pressure on us, um, but uh, if, if we can, if we can create that environment yeah. that, that players want to play there and, and express their sort of style of rugby, I think that could be something that, you know, is a, a real stepping stone for a lot of the girls that have played regionally for a long time and, and maybe won't ever be able to make that step up to internationally, but it'll sort of be that stepping stone or that, um, you know, like level of achievement that will be there for players as an offering. And I think that's huge in Wales because we, we just don't really have that at the moment. And I think to have something like that will, will be really beneficial, you know, for years and years to come. Um, I guess, you know, like the, you mentioned with the coaching stuff and <laughs> that weekend will probably be every day's a school day for you and me again. But um, yeah, I, just, just to see how it, how it goes. <laughs> you know, it's the first yeah. one and um, to flip it to the barbarians, you know, I was, I was involved in the first ever Barbars game and, and, and I know like, that will be, you know, one of my lasting, you know, best memories of rugby um, that I could ever have wished for. And I think if we can set an environment, anything, 
close to that, I think it'll be good for the core shows moving forward. You know, it's, it's a, such an exciting time for women's rugby players at the moment, you know, with the, all these opportunities that are coming, especially with invitational games. But the Corsets does emanate, you know, that Welsh barbarians, if you like, style of rugby. And it will give chance to a lot of girls within Wales to um, get that level of exposure. Um, but going back to the um, the coaching side, you know, how do you prepare for something like that? Because, you know, you are playing against your country. So so how, how are you going to do that as a coach? Yeah, I think I think it's the same with any, you know, I know it's great that it's against Wales. And I think, you know, for the Barbars game to be a double header is amazing um, for it to be in the stadium as well will be brilliant. But I think from a coaching perspective, it's, it, you know, you, you have to almost plan around what, what players you've got available and, and trying to get the best out of them. You know, like the, the crochets time that we'll have yeah. will, will, will be very limited and it'll be about, you know, get, like I said, trying to get the best out of those players. Um, a lot of them won't need a great deal of motivation to play against Wales. You know, they'll, they'll be, be absolutely buzzing on that environment as well. And I think it'll be, a, it'll be probably more about just simple messages and, and clarifying, uh, you know, sort of the basics up with them really and keeping that kind of environment simmering, but but not going over the top. And, you know, with the bar bars, I mean, Again, I'm so lucky to have had some amazing coaches when I when I was lucky enough to play with them, um, and I just can't wait to, you know, to to see how Joe approaches things and and, and learn from her as well. And it, that's a different environment as yeah. well. You almost you almost don't want to coach them. You know, the Barbar's style is is to play expansive rugby, and it's just about giving them some yeah. some really simple structures and some little little nuggets. And you know, you want to it's about getting them to a level of confidence where they feel they can do anything. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest and thing with the express Barbers. themselves. Yeah. hundred percent. I think yeah, they just got to almost enjoy it. You know, I, I, like I said, I was lucky enough to do it at the end of my career. So you, you probably have less pressure on yeah. yourself. And I think that's what Barbar's rugby is about. It's about not pressurizing yourself as a player and enjoying it and remembering what it's like to play without that pressure um, and usually when that happens, you, you end up having an absolute stormer. So fingers crossed, it'll be a little yeah. bit similar. Excellent. So exciting rugby ahead. And um, what's next for you in, in terms of your own personal coaching development? I know, you know, you, you're working on this role at the moment in RDC as an academy skills coach. But how about you as a coach? Is there anything else you're doing in addition to, to day-to-day working? Yeah, I guess, I, as you know, I mentioned, like, it's great being involved in this RGC structure more because I suppose they see themselves as a development, you know, region and developing young players into an academy and they're, they're constantly learning. We're looking a lot around tactical periodization now, which is, you know, like I'm just every sort of new craze or new phase or, or anything like that, I'm just throwing myself into and trying and, and developing those, those uh, ideas, I suppose. But, personally you know there's some more more sort of uh coaching coming my way hopefully in a sort of a setup through world rugby um just to try and I guess upskill myself as quickly as possible you know I'm I'm by by no means the finished article I think uh literally just come from playing into this and I've got so much to learn from I guess the not you know not just sort of tactical or, or or skills-based ideas but much bigger pictures of of where I see things in three five ten years um that kind of development of myself 
I think is is probably going to be ongoing. But as I said, I'm really lucky to be in this group of of coaches that are selected with World Rugby at the moment, where I think we'll have a lot of different rugby environments thrown to us, whether that be sevens or age grade, international. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be a case of being as open and being as much of a sponge as I can be and absorbing as many uh, new ideas and and that and sort of philosophies from other more experienced coaches. Wow, it sounds so exciting. Um, and Tails, you know, many thanks for your time this morning. I genuinely can't wait to see how your coaching journey continues to evolve. Um, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you this morning. And if you want to hear more, just visit rugbycoachweekly.net, click on the podcast button and visit the women's section. Thank you for listening. and I look forward to catching up with you all again. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to RugbyCoachWeekly.net and click on the Blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.